0: It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
1: Welcome to Volcast. Thanks for being with us today. So glad that you could join us. we got Jennifer Owen O'Quill here today. Welcome, Jennifer.
2: It's good to be here. We're between vacations right
1: now. I know. Jennifer and I, uh, uh, there was a stretch there where I don't think we uh, physically saw each other for almost 30 days. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah. So um, great to have you. And, uh, you know, you and Lee do something right on Tuesdays. We get beautiful weather. So job well done.
2: It's our job. We bring it to Roanoke every Tuesday. Go. I like it. Sunshine.
1: Tuesdays and sunshine. That's good. Well, hey, today we're uh, we're live, so if you want to uh, give us a phone call, you can at 1-866-472-472. 5788. If you want to email us during the show, it's jeff at voltageleadership.com During the week, you can also check us out on com. if you uh, want to go back and listen to previous shows you want to see our blog, any of that kind of stuff, we'd love to have you uh, connect with us. Um, also, you can see us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership, on LinkedIn it's Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting or Jennifer Owen O'Quill on Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow us on uh, Voltage Leadership on Twitter. So uh, check us out there as well. So Jennifer, today you want to talk all about creativity. This is a continuation of your uh, speech that you were uh, gave recently up in Harrisonburg to a bunch of uh, business leaders. Uh, it
2: was fun. Yeah, good, heard, times. Heard it was good great. times. great. Times It was fun to be in your hometown.
1: Uh, I think Sh- that's the funniest part. Is that uh, you know here I was uh, out of country or wherever I was at the time, and you go to my hometown to give a speech. You're
2: shouting it out to the Dukes and the and the Harrisonburg Blue Streaks. There was Blue a big cheers. There was streaks. a big cheer with that one. I gotta say there was some of your people <laughs> were in. <laughs> house
1: so my peeps were in the house. So, well, <laughs> congratulations. So this is a conversation about creativity. So what made you want to first uh, pick that as a topic? And then, you know, we'll start to dig a little deeper.
2: Well, I think it comes from I sit in the conference room a lot of times with folks and I hear the story about how they're only able to give a portion of what they're capable of. And mm-hmm. they're very frustrated. And I told a story about that in uh, at this at this talk, and it was one of those poignant moments with this particular person, just saying, "I'm, I'm, I go in and I go out, and I'm really frustrated. I'm only able to give five percent of what I'm capable of, and I can't take it anymore." Mm-hmm. And that is more common. Maybe not to that extreme, where ninety-five percent of your talent remains locked inside, but it is common to be in a conversation where people are trying to figure out how to bring all of their skills, talents and creativity to bear in their workplace. And so I just figured this is a really important conversation if if CEOs in America knew how much creativity they were leaving on the table every day. It's like more than cash. (laughs) And you've already paid for it.
1: That's right. So
2: how do you unlock it? That's the question.
1: Well, I think it goes to a lot of stats we see around, you know, close to somewhere normally between 65 and 70 percent of uh, employees are disengaged. Mm -hmm. You know, at some level from low disengagement to fully disengaged, you know. And, you know, I, I think back to the Tim Galway performance equals potential mass interference, and boy, if we could just clear out some of that interference so that they could really reach that full potential, you know, it sounds like in this case, the, the gentleman was excited wanted to be at the workplace and kind of got wore down throughout the course of the days and the weeks. The next thing you know, he's really, you know, someone that we hired and had all that full potential it's not getting used in the workplace, and it's probably a combination of lots of things. So, lots of
2: things that's yeah. right. So, what do you do about it? And I, my, what I would say, just to believe, if I could shout out a belief, is believe that people want to be engaged. Mm. If you start with that belief, you'll, you'll be able to see the world in a different way it, it, as you move through and talk to people and engage in conversations. But what gets in the way? What, what were the sets of experiences that happened that created that person who wanted to give 100% and was only able to give five? And how do we walk back from that story and, and have that re-engaged person giving at their full potential and growing even? better so that's why I wanted to talk about creativity because I find that those environments that's not the issue Mm -hmm. it's different
1: well maybe that's where we'll go next is so you'd be thinking about like where do you see the creativity happen? so let's study that case today I just want to wrap up something you said and I think it's really important and I think it's the you know believe that people come to work wanting to do a good job absolutely they come wanting to be engaged often you know folks will start and you know a lot of what we do we're behind closed doors often and you know sometimes it's really, we laugh, we have great conversations. Sometimes we're talking about the best things that happen in the workplace. And often it's where we have problems and we're trying to work on that. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot is like, now let's go back to when this person was being hired or promoted. Why were we excited? And what's happened? So I try to take them back to, they used to be engaged. They used to be really talented. So what can we do differently? So I think that's a good reminder of Hey, let's not let's not label them a problem, a barrier, an obstacle. Let's stay curious to what are the possibilities for this person.
2: Right. Yeah. What do you find? I'm curious what you see showing up in terms of the creativity and the capacity of folks. Do you kind of experience that frustration
1: yourself with
2: the people on your team? Is
1: well, shall you? be talking about my own team here. No, no I'm just, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no we we know what happens here it's very important to regulate the creativity that's coming across and you do a good job of that
1: <laughs> and we had a, a two-hour uh, developmental conversation for you the other day about mm-hmm. all the great things and all the things that you want to achieve and all that so i highly encourage leaders out there take that time um yes here's what i'd say is um i think it's a combination of lack of time you know so sometimes they're Uh, folks just don't take the time to look for creativity and innovation. They will often go with sort of the tried and true. Maybe it's even like, I know this person. You know, they're maybe not, uh, it's not the way I would do it or the way, but I know they can do it. So I'll just take a a, a decent solution. So I think that there's a whole lot of people though that um, sort of get left on the sidelines and they're just not actively invited in to uh, give their best thinking. So I see a lot of untapped potential is the part that makes me more sad is you know we tend to invite too many people to meetings and have unclear roles and expectations and we allow good talent to sit on the sidelines far too long is what I see a lot of
2: yes I find that to be true I also I also caught potentially that you also sit in the room with s- senior leaders that are so busy they might not even have the bandwidth to be noticing
1: yeah
2: right and so that happens too yeah It's not personal. Yeah. Sometimes it's an organizational problem of speed.
1: Yes. So let's go to where it's working. So, you know, as you walk around and work with all these fantastic organizations that you get to work with, where are some of the things that you see? And they don't have to be perfect at this creativity and and all that, but where do you see it uh, being utilized more effectively and feel like it's flowing pretty well?
2: Yeah, I... So there's a place that comes... to A couple of places come to mind, and both of those have... Of all of those places that come to mind have leaders that really for either because they want actual trust and the full capacity and creative potential of their people to be present or because for business reasons they need that so some places don't need as much creativity inside of them as others. Sure. It's just different, but there are some businesses, and we do a lot in R&D, and we do a lot with um, STEM organizations, Mm -hmm. and so those are places where if you're building something that doesn't exist, if you're creating compounds that don't exist, what is it that needs to be present? You have to have the full imagination and creative capacity of people if they're doing things that haven't been done. And so in those places, what I find is that there's an investment in the relationships to Mm -hmm. keep the relationships clean. They Intentionally take the time to and invest the time in being together and they play. They're busy, but they play. Uh, There's a, in one of the organizations I'm thinking of on their website, they actually have a picture of paint day at the organization. It's of course, right? That would make sense, even though that's not part of what they do. They don't paint for their business, but it was fun and everybody was there and the CEO is sitting next to a project a project manager and they're having some fun together and they're being together. So the teams that play together stay together. It, and, and the other thing I think is the opportunity to slow down the pace hmm. enough to have a different conversation. You don't have to do it every week. You don't have to do it every month, but it is important to do what we did last week and just slow down and have that broader conversation so you can find out what aspirations are inside of that person and start to draw them out
1: yeah so it sounds a lot about curiosity curiosity um ability to connect be intentional with some of your relationships some of the conversations that you're having um you know i probably heard a few people roll their eyes like oh god play really you know (laughs) is that really what's needed for innovating creativity so you want can you speak a little bit more to that
2: Well, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be that you all go and go bowling together. Legislated play does not help, right? I mean, that is not helpful. We're all going to go have a team outing and it's going to be terrible because we don't really like each other. (laughs) But there is a sense of if you're working hard, there has to be a pause and some ways to enjoy each other. And you can tell if that's happening just around the table mm-hmm. sometimes play can be the way that you work how much you laugh with each other how much how much i used usually say how much heat and laughter is around the table that's something you've heard me say before do people really lean in to the ideas and and wrestle with them and break them down and put together the best one and do they laugh about it along the way do they know each other well enough or is it all business all the time there there has to be that other place where you're just together and enjoying the fact that you're with these people a lot and it's more fun if you are enjoying that and finding ways to connect at work
1: yeah and i you know i love that idea and i think it's one we should come back to and it's um you know, everyone's play is different, right? So it can be just a joyful brainstorming session and can be a lot of fun for people if that's something that you uh, really get into. For others, maybe introverted or don't like to think on their feet, that could be terrorizing, right. right? You know, so I think there's an element of something Jennifer alluded to earlier, too. It's, okay, so know your people. What are their hopes? What are their desires? How do they like to play, right? You know, for, for some, um, it's as simple as a nice teen luncheon You know, where it's kind of, let's come in, let's have a conversation. Maybe let's talk about family. For others, let's run and scream for that. But from your perspective, it sounds like there's, how do we, you know, just have places where we can slow down, notice each other a bit, and see what happens in conversation. There's some possibility in conversation.
2: And to your point, multiple environments. Yep. You know, I'm curious when... You've been in places that that's gone really well. What are the kinds of things that they've tried? What have they What have they put inside their culture? Because it's not necessarily the margarita machine or the beer in the fridge, or that can cause kind of problems at times.
1: Sure. (laughs) Well, that seems like a good place to pick up when we come back from break. So uh, let's do this. That's a good stopping point. We'll be with Jennifer all day today. So uh, we'll come back in two minutes and look forward to talking to you then.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics. Strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in
4: business talk.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I am with Jennifer Owen O'Quill today. And Jennifer is continuing a conversation around Creativity, Inc. She started a speech uh, last week and uh, we said, boy, it went so well. Why don't we just continue this conversation? But yeah. we broaden it to a lot more audience that way. That's right. Yeah. It's longer. It's <laughs> longer. So thanks for being here, Jennifer. Um. So, just for the break, you were asking me about play, right? Right. Yeah. You know, what have I seen and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> you know, I, um, you can do this because some people are probably worried about money and all those kind of things. So, if you've got a little bit of money, there's lots of great things that you can do. From everything I was telling uh, Diane in our office the other day, um, we did a great scavenger hunt that was relatively inexpensive. You know, we took a couple hours of company time and sort of did a cookout at the end of the day. Um, fabulous. What was interesting about that was putting people with people they normally wouldn't have worked with broke down some barriers and allowed people to be like, oh, so what do you do? You know, we'd have them driving all around town and you know, this back in the old days with Polaroid cameras. And they got to know each other and do a different way. And so it wasn't like you were trying to reach over to accounting and say, oh gosh, I gotta ask a question. No, that was the person that you went on a scavenger hunt with, right? So that was real play, right? <laughs> so that was fun. We had a room that we set up too that was sort of that spot where we could go and you knew you were in your non-normal sort of conference room. It had bouncy chairs. It had things we could throw at each other. easily. (laughs) Not darts. Yeah, no, there weren't darts. (laughs) But, you know, we had uh, pretend swords and we had costumes you could dress up in. And we had all kind of creativity things that... Um, In fact, I've got one like it on my table that I just picked up. It's a a view-changing card where it's a creative way of asking a question, and then you have everyone ask each other questions, right? So instead of just saying, oh, you know, what's our new product or what's our, you know, our next strategy, we ask this kind of random question, and then we turn it, and I think this is where everyone can do things. What if you ask questions like, well, how would an 8-year-old boy look at this? How would a 72-year-old woman look at this? How would a 50-year-old married person look at it? And just taking it and and putting some different spins on questions in your meetings can also be a different way of having some creativity. That being said, what it really was, was you could just look around and the people were comfortable pushing and enjoying each other's company. And it wouldn't matter whether we're in a scavenger hunt in a park or if we're in a conference room, a regular conference room. There's a, a comfort level that they knew they could trust the teammates
2: that's right that's very helpful and i i like what you said about um that there's different ways to ask questions mm-hmm. right? that are just that doesn't cost anything it just could it does require the person who's pitching the questions to be to be creative though right. what other question can i ask that's a little bit different mm-hmm. that'll uh, allow people to be in the play space of their minds not so linear
1: that's yeah. good well, you know, we were talking a little bit before we start the show. Um, you, you really want to talk a little bit about trust. How do you build trust? How do you have the kind of aspirational conversation with your uh, with your employees? So, first, why is trust so important to this creativity? And then, then I want to get to this aspirational conversation too.
2: Well, it's two two things that are, are key ingredients for creativity and innovation spaces.
1: Wait, trust. This is a writing down moment. Wait, trust. Right. Trust.
2: You just said them. Um, trust and time. Um, time because you need time to think okay. and you need to be able to slow down the pace to allow your mind to sift and sort through things and really prioritize. And so, that then when you are creative, you're being creative in the right direction. This is my issue. Right. If we if we get going too quickly and we don't slow down and downshift, then you'll be creative. Maybe if that's how your mind works, that like like me, I'm just talking about myself right now (laughs) and you'll be creative in the wrong direction. Whereas if you take that time to sift and sort, then when you do have those moments where the thoughts come to you, you know, to be creative in the right direction, your mind is primed to allow for it to think and sleep on it but sleeping on the right things right and the other piece is trust people might have an idea but they will not share it with you if they do not trust you Mm. they will keep that they will keep that idea that vision that that game-changing concept locked inside because it's a gift and they know it Mm. and so if they don't trust you they won't tell you
1: fascinating so we'll have to talk a little bit about how to build trust, which yeah. I imagine this aspirational conversation will, will help us with that. It's right? a
2: step. It's a step. Okay. Yeah, curiosity is a step.
1: So let's uh, let me just tee this up uh, for those that are trying to take notes uh, as you're driving or, or listening on a run, like Don't I do. do take
2: notes while you're driving. Right. So
1: uh, what I want you to know is, uh, you know, we will get the transcript out of the show. You can go back and read listen to the show. But Jennifer's also written a series of four blogs uh, that I was reading, and uh, look for them and probably sort of. Um, where are we? Beginning of August? Sort of late August, early September is when we're planning on dropping those. So go to our website and they'll, over the four weeks, Jennifer's going to be having a blog each Monday. And so that will be able to give you a lot more information and build on what our conversation is today.
2: That's right. So you'll have the notes. They're already here.
1: Yep. Yeah? Good. Uh, so, Jennifer, we've got this thing, you know, we're trying to, uh, to work on trust, Right. Um, I can hear someone saying yeah trust is that big kind of word and you know and I think you alluded a little bit to some curiosity so I, I, I hear that I'm supposed to do trust and time we've covered time lots of times so we probably won't hit that one as much but just know be intentional work on your time but the trust part we haven't worked on quite as much so when you're talking about you know for it to be as creative as possible get the most out of our workplace we have to have a trusting relationship okay makes sense so what are some of the ways that you're, you're suggesting that we're going to build the trust with these folks
2: Well, I think being curious, just as a practice, being curious, not in the direction of of your outcomes, necessarily, but uh, it's resisting your need to have the right answer or to find the right person with the right answer. Mm. There's something in answers that gives you information about how people are doing. And there's the the other piece about trust is I want to talk a little bit about the brain. It takes 0.07 seconds for you to have an emotional response to something that happens in your world.
1: Less than a tenth of a second. Less
2: than a tenth of a second. Wow. So before you even define the word, your body is already metabolically responding. And all kinds of chemicals are running through your body. And that's why trust is important. Okay. It, you, it, it accesses the different, a different part of your brain. It accesses the prefrontal cortex of your brain. The part that is strategic that thinks wisely, not the animal part. So the animal part of your brain that's reacting emotionally, that can figure out how to run and hide, how to save itself, how to, you know, Slaughter the enemy right because that's a that's part of your brain is surviving and in it's very important to quiet that part to be able to think really creatively and differently and to take all of the data in our world into account to be able to make great business decisions and that takes a minute but it also takes not having this reaction going on and so figuring out how to have natural trust where if things do come up and you do have that emotional reaction enough trust to say hey well hold up Something went wrong here. I thought you meant this. Did you mean this or did you mean that? Because the next thing we do when we have that reaction is we make a story. Have you ever seen somebody make a story?
1: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) In the last 20 minutes, even, you know, has there been a story? So, yes, absolutely. We make stories.
2: We do. And uh, the minute that we have that emotional reaction, the story, more positive, less positive. Right? I mean, it's not a delusion of grandeur anymore. It's I I'm going to turn that person into a, an enemy. I'm going to protect myself. I actually had someone on a great team that had been working together for a long time. And she came in and she's, Jennifer, I need to talk to you. This happened. I don't trust him. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to phone it in. And then in a couple of seconds, because there was trust there, but I don't want to do that. Right. And so can you help us? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the next piece. That's how we feel. And if trust is there, you'll move past that more quickly. If trust isn't there, you might get derailed and you might take a good performer and they're going to turn and become a poor performer because they're not engaged or they're not trusting or they're afraid.
1: So I hear the leaders out there like, holy crap, it turns in like less than a second. It takes less than a tenth of a second. It takes forever to build the trust. So what should I be watching for and what should I be doing to try to ensure that I have a trusting relationship now? Look, I'm not saying that they need to be best friends, but it's a place where you can trust, respect, feel comfortable bringing your best self there. Again, you know, some of the, some of the people where I've had the most trusting relationships, I hardly do anything with outside of work. But inside of work, trusted them completely. So what, what would you recommend for our leaders to start doing?
2: Uh, first thing I would say is stay open. Okay. It's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen mm-hmm. to the end of the sentence. Don't be afraid of silence. Some of the best ideas arise in silence and silence from a leader is a real gift. Um, acknowledge that person's real experience. So if someone is coming back to you, if this is what happened and I'm not happy, well, that isn't what I meant or my decision actually is right. Defending our position isn't going to win the day if we're in a situation where we're arguing with somebody or, we, or they have a mistrust of us and we don't have mistrust of them. That we then start leaning in. It just creates more mistrust. So acknowledging that person's real experience. Here's one. I'm sorry. What? what? Do we say that really and mean it? Yeah. Apologizing can go a long way. Apologizing can go a long way. And then, and then asking that question, what can we do differently together now? That's mm. what you do when things go wrong. What can we do differently together now? Not... Just I'm sorry. There's another question that then you co-create, not what can I do differently, right? What can we do differently? How do we create a different outcome next time? So there's probably something we need to start doing, stop doing, keep doing. Just something needs to change. So I think those are things that are helpful.
1: What happens when the uh, trust break is the employee, though? Like, you know, maybe they didn't get something in on time and you've got a, you know, so you I as a think- leader. You know, this way it was more of a, hey, leader, do things differently. This one is the employee, you know, missed a deadline, you know, uh, didn't give credit where credit was due, something like that. How do we handle that, you know, when we're, we need both sides for that creativity to, you know, it has to be a two-way street. Right. What do you recommend there?
2: I still think that all but the apologize is the same, okay. right? You still stay open. You still listen. You won't know why. There could be. It could be that poor performance is showing up because there's chemotherapy going on at home, right? You might sure. not have all the reasons for something. Right. Not that I'm looking not talking about excuses, right? But sometimes there's more to it and you don't if you don't know the root cause, if you don't really listen, you can't help chart a different outcome. So really listening and acknowledging that that person had an experience that needs to be changed, but the learning is going to happen when they're not defensive. And then asking those curious questions. What can we do differently next time? What do you want to try? Ensure that you're instilling learning along with accountability. The accountability, the questions that you ask to guide that person to learn are the ones that will hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. And you are excellent at that. Mm -hmm. You are really good at crafting questions in the face of, a misstep, misjudgment, whatever, mistake, uh, that is that allows for learning to be present and creating that learning environment where people then feel like they can make a mistake. That not, that, not that we're driving for failure, but you are going to go the extra mile or push yourself past where your, your comfort zone into the failure, I might fail zone. That's where the creativity happens out there in this kind of dangerous space. It's mm-hmm. risky to, to create something. And you're not going to get that from people if they don't know that they can try and fail.
1: That's good. I was trying silence there for I a know, second.
2: I know. I saw you were so quiet there for uh, a really long no, time. So
1: it, uh, that's not so great on the radio show, though, I so I won't uh, do that too much more. <laughs> So nice really start to the show here. We're about halfway through, Jennifer. So when we come back, maybe we can talk about some of the uh, you know, best teams that you've seen. What are some of the tools and tricks where there's been some high trust? Uh, I've got a couple examples. And then we'll continue on down the path of, of what you've discovered in this journey. So please come back in two minutes and we'll uh, rejoin Jennifer in conversation.
3: simulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
4: Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I am on today with Jennifer owen O'Grill, the Leadership Director at Voltage Leadership, also an outstanding facilitator. The keynote speaker did a fantastic job with the speech uh, just last week and also certifying conversational intelligence. So, if you uh, are finding this conversation interesting want more of it, then uh, reach out to uh, Jennifer and find her on uh, voltageleadership.com. So, Jennifer, thanks, Jeff. thanks for being here today. It's
2: great to be here. Yeah,
1: so let's continue the conversation for the second half of the show here.
2: Yeah, I asked you this question while we were uh-huh. offline about. Uh, one of the things that happens is that people make up stories, like I said, when they have this emotional reaction. And so one of the things that we do oftentimes, right, is we're walking people back from a story to the actual truth so that they can re-engage in a relationship. So the, the thing that they're reacting to is not accurate, right. but it's it's what they believe. Mm-hmm. Right? And so how, how do you engage with that when that comes across to
1: you uh in the conference room yeah and sometimes it's conference room and sometimes uh you know some of my best conversations with with my coaching clients is on a walk somewhere truthfully right you know so i encourage you as a leader um if you're coaching or your your uh, thought partner is kind a little stale get out go for a walk or go to the gym or do something a little different too um, and the reason i say that is that Sometimes it takes getting out. So even as much as, uh, you know, I get them up sometimes and just have them stand up for a moment to say, okay, let's talk about this. Um, And the reason I'm talking about physical is that one of the things I do is, okay, I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to stand in that person's shoes that you're upset with. Absolutely. And so I say, tell me the story from their point of view. You know, and if they're capable of doing that, I'll do it. Sometimes I'll role play, and I'll be that person. But I'll often ask them to go back and say, well, tell me the story from their point of view. And what I'm amazed at is how often people are pretty good at that. There's the occasional that the heat is just so high or the um, voltage is just that, right. that, that amped. Um, but, you know, for most people, I'd say 95% of the conversations I have have, if I'm calm and I'm collected and I'm providing space, and when I ask them to say, tell me how this person would describe the same scenario that we're living through, they see it themselves. And so then we start to say, okay, knowing that that's where they are, I never discount the feelings that my client is having though. So I don't try to have them you know, say, well, my feelings aren't right. What I would say is I ask them to say, well, describe the feelings the other person might have. And then I might say from there, so where's the common ground? Where do we go off a little bit and that we have two different viewpoints of this perspective? And what's the conversation that you would like to have with other person? But now we're back to seeing that other person as a person and not a barrier or an obstacle or a vehicle that's either in my way or I'm going to use. They're back to seeing that other person and seeing that, like I said, most of the time that works. So a lot of times it's just sometimes, not a lot of times, sorry, I'm mixing my words here, but a lot of times I just have them stand up and physically say, tell me the story from the other person's shoes and switch sides of the room and tell me how that's like.
2: That's great. I like that. There's a, I, one of the things I do is uh, we're going to have a trilogy or sometimes yeah, and, I like it. and and you're the star of this one. It's sure. all the same story yeah. and give me another and let's do the other one and let's do the other one. Yeah. And tell now, what do we see? Mm-hmm. And because we are really making movies in our minds about, yeah. and we are always the star, right? I love being the star in my movie. I come in, I do what? my thing, right? As you know, I love being the star in my movie. And and there's there's Jeffy, and he's in my movie, but he's the star of his own movie. Um, the other the other thing that that comes to mind, and I love what you said about just being able to see that person as a human being again. Yeah. A couple of questions I sometimes ask are: What's the most generous assumption that you can make? Mm-hmm about this and what if they're doing the best that they can it's a question that um, bernie brown asks in her book and i think it's a great one what if they're doing the best that they can and all of a sudden like that person's life comes into the room their whole life all the stuff that they're
1: dealing with
2: and the rest of it oh
1: i'll tell you another question that not everyone's ready for so you know, i'm just putting it out there um i've used it from time to time i've used it with big burly men to, you know, uh, CEOs to frontline folks, um, what would love do here? Oh, wow. What would love do here? And it's not that you have to, again, love that other person, but all, many of us are generous, you know, and many of us are able to do that. I'm not going to put it in the heated situation, but I'm often said, you know, what would love do? And people know what love is, and so they're like, oh. I get it. And so I wouldn't say, you know, for leaders out there, that might be a little bit scary. But for one that you're, you're comfortable and you've got someone wound up, once they've calmed down a bit, maybe ask that question. You know, the, the other uh, question that I would I come back to a lot around this kind of stuff is just when you two are at your best, tell me what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So I get away from the data point of today and I tell, you, tell me about when you two were at your best. What was different? What did you see? Describe the feeling. Describe what you were seeing back to your movie. And I'm amazed at how often you know, you'll know you see calmness come over their face. You'll see a little smile at the corner of the mouth, and you see the breathing shift a little bit. So leaders, I would just say, you know, when you've got someone that's coming to you and they're having a little frustration with a peer in another department, ask the question. You know, tell me about when you two were at your best. Often I will tell you that the first thing they'll say is, we've never been at our best. Okay. Tell me about the best you've been. Right. Maybe maybe it's not a perfect relationship, but tell me about the best you've been. And generally people can find, you know, two months ago we were in a much better spot than today. Well, what were you doing two months ago? Well, you know, quite honestly, we, we were in two more meetings together. I normally stop by their office once a day to check in, blah, blah, blah. Okay, what would we do if we got back into that kind of pattern?
2: And you get a different result. Yeah. One of the other the other uh, conversations that came to mind while you were talking is this. Um mm-hmm. When we're going to go and have that conversation, trying not to accomplish the tactics, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to deal with the relationship. Mm-hmm. We so we, we get upset because we're trying to drive someone, somebody crosses a boundary, right? They might not have turned something in on time, or they might have overstepped, or they might have disrespected your authority. Whatever it is that is happening, that the conversation needs to be engaged. Begin with the relationship.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, because the details you can argue back and forth about which tactic <laughs> and the thing that needs to change is the quality of the relationship that needs to be good or better improving and so starting there allows that person to begin not in their head but in their heart back to love right what you said about what would love to hear
1: yeah so for me uh this could sound a little soft and what who's got time for this and it's hard and Knows fast-paced world. And all I'd say is that you're going to spend the time one way or the other, right? Um, and if you're willing to lean in, this can be a five-minute conversation that can be really intentional, really powerful, and adjust the relationship in just five minutes. Um, that's going to be probably much better than having to go re-recruit the position, train somebody, start from scratch, have to explain to customers why a superstar left, blah, blah, blah. So people that say that are often uncomfortable having this kind of conversation. So that's where I challenge them is go have that conversation. We were talking previously about, you know, give me examples of some high trust teams. So Jeff, I'm going to be asking right. you, let's talk a little bit about high trust teams. One of the things that I would say about that is that the high trust teams I work on, I'm, I'm picturing John Hagmeier and the team from Interactive Achievement um, was that they were willing to have hard conversations as a team. And they were willing to have the space in the room to push each other and to challenge each other. But it wasn't personal, but it was personal. And here's what I mean. It wasn't personal attacks, but they were all like, you know, Marcy, when you're at your best, here's what I've noticed about you, you're amazing in X and Y. So they were really good at recognizing the gifts of each person. That's the personal part. But when there was a problem, they also didn't mind saying, you know, John, you know, I think that we're doing some revision here, and I don't think we're sticking true to what we made connections and promises on two months ago, and that they could be that frank and honest, but when they left that room, they reunite and so there wasn't any of, well, did you hear what Jacob said, or did you hear what Marcy said, and kind of bleeding that down through the organization, they may have fussed and banged heads a little bit, but when they left, and look, they're human, I'm sure 1% of the time they did go say something, but 99% of the time, they said... We had a really productive conversation, and here's where we're going. And you wouldn't have known whether that was their idea or someone else's idea in the room. So it's also about having the courage to have the right conversation in the room and speak well of the people outside the room. That's really important to reach sort of maximum creativity and potential.
2: You're reminding me in that conversation, we've talked some here about what to do when something goes wrong, but there's also starting well. Yeah. Like, there are things that you can do in the beginning mm. to start well and to start from a place of yes, to start from I, ca- I see you and this invest in this relationship and let's get clear about what we both want so that we can work from that place. What are you expecting? What am I expecting? How are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And building that relationship is really important. When we get, just get going with tasks and tactics right away with people, and we don't take that little bit of time to clarify what each person really wants and needs and how what their style is, and then particularly around communication, what they need back, uh, that solves a lot of problems. And, and a lot of times we're in situations where we're contracting with someone that isn't a direct report, but it's, off to the side, they're doing something that, that is important but it isn't our thing, so whether that's an HR partner or a, or a finance partner. How do you really build those relationships in a, in a really strong way so that you both know what
1: you need? Right. Yeah, and I think that, to your point, um, task is important, and so sometimes it's, let's get the task done, and some for some groups, it's we knocked three, four tasks out of the way early, and then we made forming that strong relationship Having an honest conversation, another task. So don't feel like you have to, like, you know, have this be a kumbaya moment and it's, let's talk about the relationship. No, the task can be, hey, let's talk about how we're doing as a team and what's working right and what would we like to do differently. I've noticed that our communication has been inconsistent with the folks below us. How do we get better at our communication pattern? That's working on the team, but you can make it a task if you're a little uncomfortable saying, well, I don't know if this is how I'm going to uh, want to do the approach. The approach can be, Let's talk about how we're performing, how are others viewing our team, and where do they see us trusting each other, and where do you think there might be some trust breaks that they're noticing?
2: And so you're catching the ebb and flow of a team right there, yeah. right here. That's good. Sometimes there's high, and sometimes there's mid-level, and sometimes there's shaky trust, right? It, it moves. Even if you've been on a high-trust team, there's going to be moments where something goes sideways, and how do you come back to it? And that's a question I wonder about. Have you seen... How do you see that ebb and flow going? We're getting down on time here. so Yeah,
1: let's do that uh, maybe post-break. But, you know, what I'd say is, uh, well, in general, um, a high-trust team um, does ebb and flow. But the, if you've built the trust and there's a break, you can come back quicker. If you haven't invested in spending the time to get to a trusting team, that almost never comes back. So so let's do that. Jennifer, good question. Let's come back in two minutes, and we'll pick up on that question. stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast.
3: All the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com.
4: What sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the internet? Choice and flexibility. Means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats so all of your video content Can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you finding your frequency?
3: Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. I'm in here today with uh, Jennifer O'Neill quill Jennifer, thanks for being with us today. Uh, You know, I I just, I want to start and then Jennifer, you go where you want to go. I'm just picturing a high trust team that I was on at one point that the creativity was off the charts. And um, here's what it was. It was relatively small number. So that's one thing that I would say helps is when you don't have it too big, there's five or six of us, depending on the time, you know, uh, we kind of rotate somebody in and out. Um, We uh, had complementary skills, you know, so we had different things. And so it was pretty easy to have sort of. Uh, who took what. It was clear who the leader was to make decisions, so we had that clarity. Um, But we also just, we worked at it too. And so we would build off of each other's ideas, and credit just didn't seem to matter. And this, uh, we were putting together a global program at Capital One, and we ended up, uh, this getting to be, we were recognized as the best global training shop in the United States, and the program that we were developing ended up being the one that they really talked about. And to this day, I still have tips and tools I to take from that program. But part of it was we, on Wednesday afternoons at 4 o'clock, we'd go meet, and instead of being in a conference room, we could have a beer together. And so the team would just kind of do the after action, like what went right this week, what didn't go right. And we were really honest, but we weren't in a conference room, and we could laugh, and we could giggle. And we were just, you know, we built on each other's strengths, and we worked at it. And so, you know, I, it was kind of sad when we wound it down. But to this day, when I see those folks – we still give a hug, and it, even though it's been 20-plus years now, you know it feels like it was yesterday in some ways. And that's what a high-trust team is. was, you know, To your point, we set out some rules and regulations about what needed to get done in a task, but we also spent time on relationship and how are we together. And we didn't take it too seriously. The work was important, but we didn't get too caught up in the, the seriousness of it. We got caught up into how do we make each other better. And so there was just this sense of let's help the other person be better than our own self. And when you did that, it really took off. I
2: caught what you had there. Is you had a shared vision.
1: Yes, you had something
2: had. that you were driving toward, and we you can't get wait to get everything perfect. We have folks that 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 administrative mindsets. They want all the things to be just right before they go do the next great thing. Go take the hill. You will figure it out while you're on the hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go do something interesting together that really calls for something exceptional from people. To we want to build this great experience for people globally and you end up at the end with the number one training experience and out there so that's one of the byproducts of high trust teams is that you also get there while you're going right. but you started with a couple of things right you started with we got our ground rules straight mm-hmm. we had our what we need personally and what we need to, how we're going to hold each other accountable collectively and then every wednesday you kept to it what went right what went wrong? Yep. So that you didn't let things go too long. Yeah. So there was great, there wasn't grace being granted for weeks and weeks because after a while, grace starts to fade, turns into <laughs> frustration, and then there's something so else. Is that Grace's similar, hair just, color? Or that's, no? right, that's right. <laughs> so I love that story. That's such a great story. I thought about the teams that I've been on, and I started in fashion in LA a few years ago, or many, many years ago. It was 20 years ago, but 25 years ago. Wow. Um, and one of the things that happened, right, was we played, but, but we played while we were working and, uh, you're playing right now, Jeff, you're running around. And, uh, one of the things that we would do while we were together is, am I getting an award?
1: You're getting an award. This <laughs> is <laughs> so
2: great. Uh, but one of the things we did was we just were able to laugh at our mistakes. Right. And we, and we did some crazy things together. Um, I had a, uh, a visit that was a big corporate visit and we did some real hijinks to make it work when it happened. But we had a story that we So some of it is a shared story and it wasn't, it was a little bit nefarious in terms of like we got, <laughs> there was something that they shouldn't see. And we made that we got through the whole experience without that ugly part being seen. And it was fantastic. So sometimes it's, you know, playing together. We fixed it. We went back and fixed it, but uh, there are some, memories that you then turn back and look at. And and that's when. Thank you for the award. I appreciate it.
1: So what I did was, while Jennifer was talking, we're uh, <laughs> doing this one in my office, uh, this show, and um, I pulled out two things just to show you. And I don't, Jennifer can attest to this, I don't have a whole lot of knickknacks. You know, a lot of pictures, a lot of books in my office. Um, but these are two things from that last um, discussion, And so I got this trophy about, you know, best supporting manager, you know, and nice. it was from that team because of what they valued. And, you know, I've kept it all these years, you know, and it's, uh, you know, for the, this is one where it's uh, better to see it. But it's a, you know, it's kind of an Oscar. So it looks looking, like an
2: Oscar. It's right? gold.
1: And then there's this little uh, thing that's plastic, but it's a mountain. And the class was uh, called Maximizing Performance. And it was about climbing the mountain, helping people achieve and, you know, I keep this as a reminder of the best team, you know, that I was on or one of the best teams I've ever been on as a reminder of, of my best self. So even for leaders out there, I would encourage you to, you know, when you're done, this is a nice way of doing some recognition. But it's also a reminder to the people that you're giving it to about their best self. So one my last thoughts around this creativity is take time to recognize, recognize and say, what did you do right here? What were the behaviors that worked really well? What was it that made this team come together? Have them celebrate it. That was our last last after action review. Was we got lucky? Training magazine came and did an interview for with us but it was easy because we had already done it ourselves about what were the things that worked and what are things that we would do differently. So when we launched our next program, we had a template for the next team to sort of pick up from and, and go. So take the time to do some recognition too.
2: It's fun. One of the places we would recognize people when I was in LA was, uh, was the uh, Casa Vega and Baja Cantina. And one of the, Places that Steve Rizzo, who was doing the speech with me this, a couple of weeks ago, uh, shared was the was the Baja Cantina. So that's, you know, it's a, the fun. You never know. You're going to stumble upon in, in Harrisonburg, a story about the beach in Marina del Rey and how you were celebrating with a variety of people. But oftentimes with the team, we'd go out there. It's fun. You just take that moment and unwind and have those good conversations. And don't make people do it you know, on their free time. Right? Right. You built in that four o'clock time. I love that. I love that.
1: What's the, uh, you know, last tip or two that you want uh, want us to take to go do something different later today or tomorrow?
2: Right. So to do something different, I would say yeah, think for a few minutes before then. you gather with the key folks on your team about the questions you want to ask in the room. Mm-hmm. And be intentional about what they are. Um, what, in the next time that you... Uh, Get, along, get some time to get alongside one of your folks. How do you really invest that time, not in a performance conversation, but in an aspirational conversation? So it's different from, this is how we're doing. It's different from what's going on at home. It's what do you want? It's a future-looking conversation about what you really want. And you, that's always an element of the conversations you and I have. Um, and the, it, it's helpful to the other person for them to actually pause and remember what they want. Oh, right. I'm starting to pursue these things but are they really what I want and it just makes sure that the right creativity in the is in the room so that's a helpful uh, that's a helpful piece takes a little time to do that and mark it off on your calendar and maybe at the end of the day where you can close out in another setting where you can
1: go off somewhere and have that conversation off-site how about you? Uh, well, first, Jennifer, thanks for being here. Yeah. So thanks for uh, taking the time and, and being with us. You know, I think for me, it is um, that the aspect of play is just one that's uh, missing. Uh, you know, I wrote a recent blog about where has all the fun gone? gone. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be a scavenger hunt. But what are some ways that you can have play? And you don't have to be, maybe you're not most creative on creating play, but ask your team. How would they like to play? And go go find that. So let me tell you about the next couple weeks here um, for the show. I'm really looking forward to next week. Um, Alan Schlechter is coming in. He's a professor at NYU. He's a renowned uh, psychologist and psychiatrist up in uh, the New York area. He also is the author of the book called You Thrive. And he's the uh, he and Dan Lerner teach the most popular elective at uh, NYU. It's called the Science of Happiness. So he's going to be on. We're going to talk a lot about well-being and how can you sort of get the most out of your day, but some of the best practices they teach at NYU. And then in two weeks, Joanne Lucy's is going to come back on the show, and we're going to have her on talking about uh, succession planning and talent development. So that's the next couple of weeks on Volcast.
2: That's right. going to be great. I'm looking forward to listening.
1: Yeah. So if you're trying to find us during the week, go out to VoltageLeadership.com. You'll find the old shows. Uh, if you missed one, if you uh, uh, want to read our blog or get some more information, it's all going to be out there. If you're trying to keep track of us, it's Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com, or you can go out to Jennifer at, at Jennifer at Voltage Leadership. And you know, if you need some help, we'd be love, love to, to help. We have some space on our calendar for the first time in a good while this fall, so right. we'd love to, uh, to join you, help your organization, uh, help it reached its goals. In the meantime, we really do uh, appreciate you taking time each week to uh, join us. So, in the meantime, uh, we'll a uh, bit of do for today, and we'll pick up with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. Take care. Have
2: a good week, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, illuminating leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.